Welcome to the COSEC Show. Join the COSEC Qatari Securities team as they share their insights on the Australian share market, discussing some of their best performing companies, macroeconomic news from offshore, including local domestic news, foreign exchange, as well as commodities. If you have any questions regarding the share market, our phone lines are open. You can dial in on 1300 854 151 or alternatively, email info at cosec.com.au. Exclusively on this show, each guest will reveal their hottest stock pick. For more information on any of the topics discussed, go to cosec.com.au. The information featured in this program is general in nature and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies mentioned. Before making any investment insurance or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good afternoon, investors. My name is Will Brownlee, and welcome to the COSEC Show, where we discuss all things relevant in the market this week. Macroeconomic data, currencies and commodities, top performers for the week that was, and of course, our hottest stock picks for the week to come. Before I go any further, please allow me to introduce to my investment panel and resident experts in the market. To my left, the ever-wonderful Miss... Wait, you're not, Caroline. What have you done with Caroline? Caroline's you look like a new kid on the block. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce you to the new kid on the block. He is calm. He is cool. He is collective. This is the ever-slick Mr. Dennis Sahanovic. Thank you Welcome, welcome. And, of course, is there a doctor in the house? Our doctor of mathematics himself, Dr. Adam Sedakowski. And, of course, back as always, the ever-mystic Mr. Louis Mossman. Thank you. Welcome, gents. How are we today? Good. Very good, very, very well, good. The market uh, did well as well today, so it's always something to be positive about. Very good. Absolutely. And that is good after what was a pretty disappointing week last week. But we yeah. finished on a high today. Mm. Let's kick things off. Mr. Louis Mossman, why don't you give us a bit of an overview of what's happening in the world at the moment? Wonderful, wonderful. So I'll just start with the market this week uh, and what it's done. We know two weeks ago we saw a you know, brief decline of just over 1%. And now this week we've seen the opposite. We're up 1.38% this week and another strong day on Friday to end the week, which is a positive um, but if you're enthusiastic about uh, economic policy mm-hmm. and macroeconomics like myself, you guys are probably sick of it, uh, then this would have been the week for you because we had two central bank or three central bank meetings. We had the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve and uh, the RBA, mm-hmm. um, but I'll talk about the RBA and the Fed. So the first on Tuesday, we had the RBA uh, formally say that they won't be defending their 2024 um, bond yield target of 0.1%, indicating straight away to the markets that they are looking for a late 2023 um, raise of rates. Mm-hmm. Markets had priced that in already last week when we saw that they didn't intervene in the market, uh, which was expected, as I said. What uh, ANZ have come out and said, however, they said, we do not think uh, a raise in the cash rate is coming in Australia any time soon. So really if reaffirming the fact that it's late 2023. However, we go then to bond markets and see what the market is pricing in. They're pricing in early 2023. And there's a lot of estimates that it's going to be even before that, late 2022 Probably the camp that I'm in, uh, personally, myself. Uh, Now, then we go over to the US as well and see what the Federal Reserve have done. So what they've done is they've reduced their bond purchase program by $15 a month in November, a further $15 in December, and then from there, it's subject to changes in economic outlook and macroeconomic conditions. So as always, they leave a little bit of room open to massage the rules, which is uh, fair enough. You know, I think why they're in that position anyway. So they're at 20-year high inflation, so it's not like it's unexpected. And the markets did pretty well off a week that, um, you know, had a lot of macro. Because I, I think I always kind of bring up this sort of talk and talk a lot about it. Let, let's go over to our own ones here because, I mean, yes. I know that they have announced that they're not going to raise interest rates anytime soon. However, I think a lot of banks have come out and announced that they're already raising interest rate in the anticipation of them all coming out there. And I was thinking about it logically. A lot of people get quite nervous when interest rates get hiked because yes. they think that is going to directly say that the market should go down, which is not the case. When they raise interest rates, it's an indication that the economy is needs a bit of a pullback. It's a good economy at the time. Would that be a safe assumption? I mean, people always talk about you know the cash rate as a, mm. you know, a break for you know when you're driving the car. All that means is our car's going really fast right now. It's doing really well. Our economy's strong and we're growing. And, and on top of that, if the interest rates go up, then banks raise their interest rates as well. And, of course, that means the banks make more money. And, of course, 25% of our market is made up by uh, the big financial institution or the financial services sector. So exactly right. It, I think it's 
it's not as doom and gloom as people tend to say. It's that I get it. people say to me, "Oh, the crash is coming," and I'm like, "Yeah, but based on what? Like, yeah. How can we quantify that?" You said earlier as well. Um, the Commonwealth Bank have raised uh, their fixed mortgage rate uh, as of yesterday or the day before. So. Other banks will have obviously follow suit in the coming days, which is expected. And for the next two years, this will continue to be the focus. <clears throat> right now, I don't think we've had the focus mm-hmm. on central bank and macro policy than we've ever had, especially in my um, financial markets lifetime. might have been short, but um, you know, still a lot of focus being put on this. But the market shrugged it off and we had a great week. So good yeah, to see. Very good. All right, well, let's now just travel over to the, uh, to the other side of the world. And I have to start this off with a story. I actually arrived late to the office this morning and I copped a bit of a hiding from our manager here. So let's go and talk about the Glasgow COP meeting. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, you like, you don't always, always slick. That's well. a good oh, always slick. Like okay, it. cool. Anyway, talk to us about Glasgow. That is, of course, the climate summit meeting over there, abbreviated to COP. Tell us a little bit about what's happening over there, Dr. Adam. Yeah, very much so. So that is a two-week meeting, uh, two-week summit, and we have had the first week, and there has a c- been a couple of things. So firstly, in regards to forests, so deforestation of forests, there have been more than 100 countries that signed that. So basically that means that uh, by the end of 2030, they have to be neutral in about in how many trees they are cutting uh, comparing to how many trees they are planting. So that was a very positive result, and in particular because big countries, so that is China, India, Australia, Russia they all are in there as well. And uh, so that's very positive news in some extent. Then we also had in regards to emission of methane. So that is a very kind of dangerous gas, you could say, because when it goes into atmosphere, it's it's 80 times worse than emission of CO2. So there was, again, so there was a number of countries that signed that, so 41 to be exact. And I guess the good thing is that there was 23 new countries that signed that. So that is very positive news. However, the big players, uh, so that is, for example, that would be, for example, US, China, India, and Australia. They did not. So, um, uh, sorry, sorry um, yeah. Uh, sorry, that was China, India, Australia, and Russia. Yeah. They are staying out. So, big. So they're not, they didn't turn up. They didn't come. They're not yeah. making anything. China, they, China, yeah, China did put and a target on. I think they said 2060. So, they gave a net yeah. zero target. They just didn't. Uh, Xi Jinping didn't just want to make the travel. It's cold. Yeah. And India and Australia <laughs> was there, but uh, yeah, uh, they didn't sign. Finally, the third one was in regards to coal, oil, and uh, and ga- natural gas. So there was a little bit happening there. So um, I guess they wanted to make some sort of agreement that people can sign on or countries can sign on. So they uh, basically are saying, let's stop new production of new coal that is dangerous. So. What I mean by that is like, let's stop something that doesn't add emission. So it is still okay, actually, to this ag- the agreement that has been signed or for, uh, for 40 countries or so signed that. So it is still okay to produce a, a new coal or mine new coal and burn new coal as long as the CO2 that is being produced from that is dealt with in an appropriate way. So there is a method to do that. So, for example, you can actually take CO2 and you can uh, b- put it directly into cement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is actually makes the cement stronger so you, uh, you can uh, you can actually make it cheaper to some extent so that offsets uh, the cost of, uh, of adding the co2 so that is something uh, so that's okay to do and i think that is a really the yeah. way to go go into the future uh, because there is of course a lot of production of cement in the world so that could be a, a very good thing and they are supporting that uh, so that's okay but something like uh, if you are not if you are emitting CO2, that, uh, that's not okay. So there are a number of countries that signed that. However, the big players there, so for that, that is US, China, and India, and Australia, they did not sign any of that. So all the major coal producers, they did not sign a yeah. pact. Adding on to the coal bit as well, I did notice that a lot of major financial institutions said that they will no longer be lending to investments uh, in coal. Smart. Oh, so, that's interesting. And, yeah. you know, the one contradiction you see right now is, Know, there's a big shortage of electricity, especially in China, and coal prices are through the roof and they're relying on them. They need the coal. So it, it's got to be a balanced response. And I suppose that's what is, you know, COP is really showing. How balanced is it? At the moment, I think it is reasonably balanced. I think uh, the intentions of China, Russia and Australia are being shown and there's opposing forces at least, which I think is a good thing rather than a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, we certainly see a lot of countries, including China, actually doing a lot of things. Like, yeah. uh, they have actually a lot of, like, fostering. They have a lot of uh, uh, solar, a lot of wind that is coming. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, like, really hard for them to actually, like, keep Fully up with the it. demand. Yeah, right? so was it, Dennis, that you said to me, I think it was you that said to me earlier on the week in the investment committee meeting, you told me that BHP had decided to stop the closing down of all of their coal. I think you'd said that they, they, they were going to keep them going because the price of coal was so high. 
Um, I believe I'm not. I don't recall that to be honest. I'm yeah, sure I think I think that might have been myself. If you want to yeah. get a visual yeah, of me and Dennis, we look pretty similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of you two. One of you guys. Will uh, Will uh, might be staking that. It's anyway, the, getting on a bit, Will. But but the thing that I will the will the thing I will say is that very very interesting. What happened if you actually watched some of the yeah. clips of this summit was that they have one cup per like if you go get a coffee, yeah, they have that. one coffee cup. Uh, 14 days the thing so you go there you get a coffee cup and that's it they say not, nothing for a, th- a kilometer or a hundred kilometers around will be everything needs to be low everything carbon sourced emission. I think in and around Scotland and Glasgow at least and IKEA is sponsoring the event with all ethically sourced and net zero products as well so they've really gone the extra mile which I think uh, you can only say is a good thing so le- uh, just to end with some numbers let's just have a quick look at the chart so there you can actually see the emission of gases uh, Oh, no, actually, so what I wanted to more focus on, the last number for this one is, with all the pledges that have been committed, it is expected that the temperature will rise 1.8 degrees by the end of this century. So they reckon we're still going to go up, we're just going to... I don't think there's much we can do at this point to stop it, it's just the rate of which, and I think um, we, we can only do as much as we can right now, and I think COP26, a lot of it might be blah, 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 but at the end of the day, at least we're putting focus you on You do a very good, Greta. Thank You're you very, very good, Greta. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, we've actually had a viewer who has been emailing in, and uh, we're going to go to their video question right now. Hey, guys. So the US market is at all-time highs. Is it too late to buy into the Australian market? Oh, there we go. The age-old question. Uh, is we going to keep going? Are we going to hit our all-time highs for the S&P 500? Ever slick Mr. Dennis Sahinovic, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of an insight on what you think the US market's going to do? Are we going to keep running up from here? Do you think it's time for a pullback? Or what are your thoughts? Absolutely. So it's an excellent question. And actually, we've seen the S&P uh, draw higher highs this week. And I think the strong driver of that has been the strong earnings reports from uh, the big tech companies mm-hmm. in the US, such as Facebook and Amazon. And I think uh, this has funnily enough happened despite the inflation and the supply chain fears. Yeah. And touching on what Louis said, I think that the bond tapering sends a strong signal to the market uh, that they were in a good position moving forward. Sure. And I think uh, with every push higher, the inevitable pullback comes closer and uh, could be a tinier, a violent drop. But uh, I think a crucial support level that we have to look at is the 4,545 mark. And if we fall below that, I believe that we can go further down. But a bounce above that would be a strong signal uh, for further growth. And I think our market absolutely still has room to grow. And it's not its all-time high yet. So I believe, of course, there are great buying opportunities in our local market. Because one of the interesting things is, Dennis, is the S&P, as you quite rightly said, hit an all-time high this this, this week, yes? Absolutely, yes. Several times. Yeah, yeah. several yeah. times. Yeah, just about every day. Because, but but yeah. we're not on an all-time high. We're still about 2 or 3% off where exactly. we were trading at 2 or 3 months ago. I know I speak to a lot of people that, that say, yeah, my account, my account with, my other, with my other broker is down. It's not been doing well over the past three months. And I'm like, well, yes, we might be able to do a better job here at COSEC. But to be fair with you, our market's actually dropped. Exactly. It's actually down quite a bit. Um, yeah. and, and do you think that we've got the room to catch up from here? Do you think we're going to really push through? Absolutely. I think uh, it's an only an encouraging signal that the US market's going up, I think that we're only going to follow them. Yeah. And the one thing I will say is, as Dennis said, the earnings just continue to beat expectations. And at this point, the age-old saying, uh, the trend is your friend, like why would you go against something like the S&P 500, which admittedly at the moment is parabolic, but until the economic and macro indicators change and go against you, then the trend is your friend. Someone so. said something very interesting to me the other day, and they said, there are a lot of reasons that the market can keep going up. Mm. Inflationary pressures, you know, there is no other alternative. Cash rates at record lows, bonds aren't giving you much at all. Yeah. Company growth is in there. There's a lot of reasons why the market might go up. There's only really one reason why the market might come down, and that's because uh, it's gone up so much. And that's not a reason really to sell anything. You wouldn't yeah. sell a stock because it'd run up a lot unless you were concerned that there was going to be a retracement. So... I think it's a day-by-day day thing. but um, yeah, People might think on this show that we're just bulls every day on the market, but we've been doing this for nearly a year now. And you know the reason we've been bulls on it for so long, even though we've been at all-time highs mm. for so long, is the market does keep rising. Yeah, exactly. And until the, ma- the outlook changes or the macro data changes, then the trend is your friend and you stay this way. Long at the moment is the only place to be, unless you've got specific bearish bets. But the market's looking very good. Very good. So that was a video question. Very, very well answered. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. 
If you do have a question for our panel, please feel free to take a video and email it through to info at cosec.com.au. Everyone who does will receive a copy of our book, Stock Market Success, Retailing and Dimmicks for $39.95, or our magazine, Retailing and News Agencies Australia Wide for $19.95. In the meantime, like, subscribe and hit that bell, and we'll be back shortly with your currency and commodity overview. As kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world, filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Herzig is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Herzig Kandari Securities. Throughout time, humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve. Using new and improved methods. Having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea, Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Blue, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate COSEC stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. 
If you want the COSEC Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call COSEC now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Do you follow currencies? Want to know how the Aussie dollar is travelling? Do you love commodities? Do you see gold prices rising? Do you see more demand for oil? Do you see the world economy growing? Get the latest in-depth analysis and discussion on commodities every week from real traders. Get real insights only on The Cosec Show. Welcome back. Let's talk currencies and commodities, all things that shine, sparkle, fold and make the world go round. And we're going to go straight over to the ever-mystic Mr. Louis Mossman. Give us a bit of an oversight on what's happening with gold at the moment. US dollar, yeah. maybe? Let's see what's happening there. I usually love talking about gold and the dollar index because they relate so heavily to macro and central bank policy. But at this point, it seems both of them are pretty flat at the moment. I mean, we know that gold's been in this side trend for the last, say, two to three months. And mm-hmm. on the back of the Fed decision, which is the biggest driver of gold, arguably, that there is, we didn't see too much. We know that inflation is you know through the roof right now they're usually the main catalyst for gold and now we've had interest rate rises which means people don't want to be holding a non-yielding asset which is gold there's no income from assets they'd rather hold other things so those two factors have been really balancing themselves out to mean that gold hasn't gone anywhere Um, at this point there could be the the argument for gold that i formulated is the fact that so many other asset prices are on their all-time highs. So if you did want to hedge against these high valuations, high low, so high, yes, you know, yes. you could say you could put an argument for if things, you know, turn around, then gold would be something that could benefit from it. And gold was up one percent last night, and we did see Northern Star, which has been in a horrific downward trend. Mm-hmm. If you want to see a chart of death, then that is a chart of death because that's been going down yep. very, very fast. And uh, it's it was up seven percent today. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So in the, we've got the chart here. Downtrend for the last six months. So I've got it in uh, on my computer. Sorry, the, they won't have it ready. But seven uh, percent today jumped. It's at nine dollars twenty six at the moment. So this is, you know, it, it potentially could be a turnaround. A lot of these gold players had a very strong day today, uh, but unfortunately, we've seen this for the last say, you know, three, four, five, six months. We have that downtrend. Uh, we have a pop up, but then the downtrend continues. But as I said, uh, the commodity could be a good hedge, and the same thing goes for the dollar index. We've had a broad uptrend now for the last two, three, four months. Uh, There was a little bit of volatility around the Federal Reserve meeting, uh, but the market generally had priced all of this in. And it goes for pretty much all asset classes, bonds, commodities, uh, and equities. Uh, Gold, dollar index, most likely priced in. I'd be long the dollar on the short term, and long term, I'd be long gold. Very good. All right, let's go over to somebody who's deep and sensitive uh, just like oil, Dr. Adam <laughs> Shedakovsky, give us a bit of a dark and mysterious overview on what's happening to this dark and mysterious commodity. Well, it was a dark week for oil. <laughs> it was a dark week for oil. Very good. Nah, not really. So we're down. Uh, so Brent went down three percent, and the WTI went dark. down four. But I mean, keep in mind the bigger picture here. So again, like. WTI is still above, uh, slightly above 80. And if we look at numbers above 80, that is the last month or 2014. So we are still looking at very elevated numbers. So, uh, so, uh, so that is very good. I mean, so what has been happening this week is we had some inventories that has been going up and that, that could potentially have uh, uh, downtrended the, uh, or made a little bit of a dent in the price down. So for example, uh, um, EIE came, uh, said, uh, sorry. So EIE came out with numbers saying the inventories increased 48% uh, percent more than expected. And API came out with numbers saying that the uh, crude inventories of oil increased 129% more than expected. So they're a little bit different metrics, but nevertheless, the inventories are rising. At the same time, actually, gasoline, that is one of the, s- uh, that inventory is falling. So yeah. that is somehow an explanation why, why are the, price of gasoline actually going up while the inventories are actually falling. So there's a little bit of a uh, disconnect there. But yeah. uh, so there's something... Would you be long oil at the moment or, or short? I think, think about taking profits or getting out? What do you think? Well, so uh, I'll be a little bit cautious uh, short term. Uh, so we are seeing, for example, funds, uh, they are pulling out um, f- 
uh, pulling a little bit away from oil at the moment. So, for example, hedge funds this week they pull out uh, 80 million barrels. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, 80 million. And if you compare with the previous four weeks, yes, yes. they actually invested 110 okay, million. So, yeah. so there is a little bit of a sign of caution from hedge funds. Uh, so that's just something yeah. to watch out for, I would say. Yeah. Well, earlier in the week we also had Joe Biden come out and. Make somewhat of a threat saying, you know, if the OPEC doesn't make the right really? decision. Really? He actually got words out this time? He did, did his best anyway. But he said, you know, if OPEC doesn't intervene properly in oil markets, then, you know, US would have to come up with a response because the inflationary pressures on oil, oil is used for so many things within an economy. Of course. Are really hitting the US. And, you know, savage OPEC has always came out directly and literally said, um, well, the world's energy supply crunch isn't our problem. Um, we're the dictators of oil prices and oil output, and we're going to keep it at the rate we've got right now. So they didn't. I don't th- think. I think they reacted oppositely. More likely. I think the political threat. landscape in that oil is definitely yeah. going to heat up from yeah, here. For sure. Uh, absolutely. I, mean, I would say the meeting was exactly as expected. They did nothing, and that was more, uh, what the market expected as well. Yep. Okay. Exactly right. Well, let's uh, go over to iron ore now, and let's talk to a guy who very clearly pumps a lot of iron. <laughs> Mr. Dennis Sahenovic, why don't you tell us a little bit about how iron ore is going? You obviously do work out. You look like you've just come from a truck throwing competition. Very good. Uh, tell us how iron ore is going. Yeah, absolutely. So iron ore, I mean, hasn't been the most uh, exciting of commodities over the last few months. But been going down. As you can see uh, from the chart, it's been in a strong bearish trend since the end of July, down 55% in three months alone. Uh, we're currently sitting at uh, below $100 a tonne. Uh, about at $93.80 a tonne last night, and that's down 10% uh, just from the start of the week, and I think it's 2.19% today. So uh, we've seen a decline due to uh, several factors, including uh, cut in production costs, power issues, uh, also falling uh, in steel demand, and also an oversupply of iron ore. So all factors that can be taken into consideration. And also the fi- uh, the falling iron ore prices has also taken uh, big a toll on our local iron ore producers, uh, BHP and Fortescue, uh, especially considering Fortescue, uh, their lookout, uh, especially as they move into the green hydrogen sector. Uh, And I think, I believe they just signed a deal with a UK company, JC Bamford Excavators, uh, to become the biggest supplier of green hydrogen in the UK. So it's actually quite interesting point to... Yeah, one thing I will bring up as well is, you know, we've had a, a... we dipped below 100, about $100 a tonne this week, but one of the players that did hold up pretty well is Fortescue. They're actually up 2.66%. And as I've been talking about the last few weeks, they do have that uh, green energy, green steel, Quite green topical, hydrogen. yeah, yeah. They've got that edge, especially, you know, Twiggy was over there for the COP26, shaking all the right hands and yeah, taking all the good photos. So they do have that edge as well. But, you know, I think the iron ore players, BHP, Rio, Fortescue, yes, long-term downturns, but holding up, you know, reasonably well. The irony of actually flying thousands of kilometres to the other side of the world and using up all that jet fuel just so that you can sit there and discuss how you can stop using up so much Stand jet fuel. Stand in front of a tractor painted <laughs> green. I yeah, thought that was, that was great very, very funny. Tool. Let's go on to something that's a little bit, uh, I suppose, off the cuff a little bit, uh, outside of the realm of what we'd normally be talking about. But obviously everyone has seen the show on Netflix, Squid Game. There was a coin that was released, yes. a, a cryptocurrency that was about, it was something to do with playing a Squid Game and uh, Louis, what happened there? If you want to make some quick money, wow. What yeah. happened there? So I think, you know, we're really moving quick on these trends. If there's a trend, there's a coin. And then there's a pump and dump. So this week we had Squid Game Coin come out. So uh, we've got Dodge or Doge. Then we had Shibu, which is the dog, Floki. And then we've had uh, then we've had the Squid Game. But you've got a lot of weird coins and, out and there. And a whole lot more in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trust me on that. But the, essentially, we saw this one coin rise 230%. Uh, in just one week. Now, that is obviously astronomical. It came down so much harder than it went up, and that's the <laughs> astonishing thing. Every chart you look at it says it went down 99.99%, and again, that's quite astonishing. I did some maths, and if you bought on PancakeSwap this squid coin at $5 uh, and were $10,000 worth, uh, as of two days ago, it would be worth 1.5 cents. So it's gone down <laughs> that much. Essentially, 100% down because you don't even know if there's going to be a buyer for your 1.5 cents of squid coin. But how much did it go up? If you'd bought it much lower, how much did it go It went up 2,000% or something? I did see a, a story about someone particularly making $50,000 on the way up. They tried to sell it, but the market literally fell so quickly that they weren't able to put the parcel through. And by the you know, 
minutes or uh, you know an hour later it was almost at uh, ground zero so what this is called we usually call it a pump and dump uh, there's a new crypto uh, term called a rug pull and i've got a little de definition here a rug pull means a theft in which the owners of a cryptocurrency project abandon it after stealing investor money so literally price so they pull up, the rug they out literally just pull the rug wow. out from investors coins disappear you've got to be so careful in the space that being said though we can't be all doom and gloom because Bitcoin's going on a fantastic little rally towards the north. We're sitting above 60. Yep. And we're actually, ironically enough, in terms of volatility of crypto, Bitcoin, and yep. Ethereum, Ethereum's been very strong as well, has almost been less volatile than, than the indexes. Yeah, at well, the look, we, we look at, we talk about Bitcoin usually, but Ethereum's the one to talk about this mm -hmm. week. It made new all time highs. And we all know that that's more of a utility token rather than, you know, a store of value, mm -hmm. like a digital gold of Bitcoin. And, you know, the usability of Ethereum is just month on month, year on year, going higher and higher and higher. So you know, Ethereum is was the hottest of the week. And I think all of these DeFi coins and tokens, you know, they've had a great 20... Like, when I say yeah. great, I mean great 2021. Free 20% for uh, Bitcoin I mean, this year alone. You're seeing, like, some 3x in the last three months for something mm -hmm. like a Solana, which is another uh, DeFi or smart contract platform. Uh, and it's just project after project. So DeFi, I think, is going to remain hot. But also the Squid Game Shibu side. It's always going to be there, unfortunately. When you've got something decentralized, there's no one there to regulate it. So. Absolutely. And that's so, going to be one of the main risks. Yes. Go so ahead. I was just looking at some numbers in regards to Shibu. So if you bought it at the very beginning, so like $1, let's say you invested $1, you, that would be up 47000 now. He must have put that. Must be the guy. I was uh, actually, yeah. I think, I mean, someone I, did that. Well, yeah. I think yeah. someone bought it, uh, someone that I know bought it. At the previous sort of top, the previous high, and of course right. we went through that bear sort of phase, and they've 10x'd from where they were uh, from that last time just on Shibu. So absolutely fantastic. Yeah. A lot mm. of returns in there, a lot of risk involved. So ladies and gentlemen, please do make sure you are careful when investing in any asset classes. Make sure you get good general advice from financial people just like ourselves. So that's commodities, currencies, and the events that have shaped them. Now, are you a bull or a bear? Let us know. Our phone lines are now open. In the meantime, like, subscribe, and hit that bell. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to look at what the best and worst performers on the Australian market were this week. The world changed this year. So did the stock market. Is it time for a change in your portfolio? Invest with confidence. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with Kosek, Kodari Securities. RBA has cut interest rates to a record low of 0.1%. Returns in saving accounts are now shockingly low. We have never seen these conditions before. The good news is that the stock market benefits from low interest rates and historically has outperformed property or any other asset class. COSEC uses a unique stock market filtering system called Lotus Blue, which helps generate solid profits for clients. During COVID in April 2020, COSEC recommended Kogan, which went up 340%. In June, COSEC recommended Saracen Minerals, which went up 23%. In October, COSEC recommended Nickel Mines, which went up 33%. If you want your money working overtime, you need to know what stocks to buy and when to sell. That's where COSEC can help. With no barriers to entry, it's just simple investing. Build wealth with a concrete investment strategy. Go to COSEC.com.au. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue and receive our top eight stock picks today.
Humans have relied upon innovation to advance and evolve using new and improved methods, having meaningful impact on society and industries. In order to advance, ideas were transformed into new products and services. The stock market has also evolved through innovation. Innovation has been key to COSEC's success. Using artificial intelligence and machine learning, COSEC has streamlined processes to bring better opportunities to clients. Opportunities that might have otherwise been missed. Join a company that innovates to bring clients the best opportunities and service. Invest with a solid strategy. Invest with confidence. Invest with COSEC. Kadari Securities. Welcome back. Let's move on to our next section now and have a look at what the best and worst performers for the week were. Mm -hmm. Now, were there tears shed this week? Who lost money? And who has Christmas come early for? We're going to go straight over to Mr. Louis Mossman and you're going to give us a bit of an overview of what's been happening in the week. Exactly right. So as always, we'll bring up the beautiful weekly summary chart, um, looking at what all the sectors did this week. So as we can see, the best performer was healthcare, up 3.14%. Uh, this is to Thursday yesterday evening, uh, bear in mind. Uh, the main driver of that was, of course, uh, CSL, the biggest healthcare company, one of the biggest on our exchange. Usually when these big healthcare companies rise, it drags the whole um, index sector, yeah. sector yep, uh, higher. Um, so that was the outperformer. As you can see, the worst performer down on over 3% was energy. Uh, and again, that's directly correlated to the price of oil, which fell from rising inventories, which Adam spoke about uh, earlier. One thing I will point out, and it's probably a bit repetitive, but is the tech sector. Um, as you can see, it was actually in the green uh, and rose this week. Mm -hmm. And again, what we can take from that is upon interest rate hikes, the commonly most hit sectors are tech, right? Because of the growth or just... Because of when interest rates are higher, the discount rate on future cash flows um, okay. is, rises as well and those future cash flows are now worth less. And tech companies look further into the future for cash flows I rather understand. than yeah. other companies. But again, we saw a positive week for tech in general. So we look at that a positive market, only three sectors in the, in the red and the rest in the green. Uh, another positive week and, and really good momentum as well. Uh, to lead in the week to come. So, yeah, overall, very, very positive. Perfect. I, no I noticed, sorry, Adam. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, also longer, more, longer, more, like over a year, you can also look at the numbers. So, for example, it makes sense that we see a little bit of a rebound in healthcare sector because yeah. of like... Over it got really badly hammered, didn't it? Over, it a, year, over well. a year, it is, of course, still positive because the market is just yeah, uptrending. Yeah, but one of the worst performers actually were a year... A year over one year and uh, as opposed to the uh, for example f it that did very well finance yeah. did very well energy was well, again one of the best ones like if you look at the company that did the best over one year that will be uh, vulcan energy resources that went over one thousand percent over one very year good. So and then it got impressive. announced that they're having a short they've got a short yeah. position from j capital have come out and announced they're shorting it and it's gone down a bit and then but sort of rebounded a little bit now hasn't yeah, it yeah so well uh, i've always been interested to uh, be 
see what short sellers are like and what these short reports entail because you know a lot of the time you just wonder what their intentions are i know like they like to put point out the negatives yeah. of a company but i mean vulcan was hit uh, last week and this yeah. week as well and they've just tracked lower because and lower. It's, it's so like just touching on shorting it's so interesting because for them to have come out and actually said they're shorting a stock and it's, and it's going to go down. I mean, that's they shouldn't have any basis for that because surely that would be in almost insider trading because they should know everything. It should all be publicly disclosed. So it's basically coming out and just throwing throwing mud and yeah. hoping it's going it's to affect. It's almost a bit mm. sort of like, it's very strange. Yeah, I well, think. okay, there's always two sides of the token and we'll just go what the short seller is anyway. They're short the market, betting that a price of a company is going to fall. And, you know, some companies and funds are purely short the market. They look for short opportunities. They release these short reports to reveal some information. There's two parts of that, right? So the first one is mm. they drive the price lower because people get scared forcing the price lower. But the second is, of course, it is naturally part of the market. If there is a company that's misleading investors, they are dodgy and there's something that the public do need to know about, then there's companies doing due diligence on that rather than just everybody pumping them higher. So there are two sides of the token. I'd, I don't know any percentages, don't pick me on anything, but half the time they might be true and accurate, the other half they might just be malicious and we see shares regain what they lost. So it, Certainly we see cases like, for example, U, uh, US Vert, very famous example yeah. where there were people shorting Tesla. Yeah, but if the yeah, companies yeah. are solid and I has good earnings... I thought that was J Capital as well. I thought that J Capital had announced something that they were also had short positions on it. Wait, where they don't have a good rep if they shorted yeah. Tesla. <laughs> yeah, they won't have a rep. But now. it was something else. They did short it. They did say they were shorting another business that went all the way up. I can't remember what it was. Um, that's I the problem. Say I Kogan or something. Or something. They that's the problem. When you do, when you are short, you you do seem more malicious than someone who's long. So when you're wrong, you do seem more wrong. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the funny thing is, uh, tech. Just winding back on tech, I was looking at Afterpay shares. Mm -hmm. Now they had a phenomenal year last year, but I think this year they're only up something like eight percent for the year. They've had quite a big pullback, which is a bit of a fall from grace for one of the big tech players like that. I think. Yeah, for sure, and. Uh, Join with Zip as well. They've just been, you know, quite muted. Um, and as we move on, we've got just so much competition in their space. You know, Commonwealth Bank has got their own short-term money solutions and repayment options. You've got cryptocurrency, which people are turning to. We know that Commonwealth Bank will now be offering cryptocurrencies themselves. You've got so many short-term liquidity providers and you know, money solutions that sometimes they might just be flooded out. And look, they're still a strong business, making a lot of money, revenues, not uh, earnings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just really haven't seen the momentum. And at this point, I don't see the momentum coming back. So I wouldn't be long. I wouldn't be short. I'd be uh, sitting right on that fence. Yeah, right. but certainly in terms of revenue, that's still very, very strong. Yeah. Year on year, it's just yeah. uh, you know rising, rising. Yeah. Right, Mr. Sohanovic, you've been keeping an eye on a couple of different sectors that you think are, are looking quite attractive for the week or moving forward and stuff like that. Have you been looking at lithium players at all? Actually, I've been looking at the uh, points on consumer discretionary. Okay. Yeah. And I just wanted to touch on a couple of points. We saw actually uh, dominoes for 18% yesterday yep. alone. and 18% uh, in, in a day? Yes, yesterday alone. And also we saw Ingham's down 5% on the same day. And I believe it's come off a uh, drop in consumer confidence and also the selling pressure, which is... Uh, you don't need much confidence to buy a Domino's pizza. I've had one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so we've seen this um, from the inflation supply chains uh, fears that we've seen globally. And uh, we saw Domino's actually wipe $2.3 billion of their market cap yesterday alone. Uh, and that was due to reporting uneven sales growth. So big drop for them. And uh, Ingham CEO Andrew Reeves has actually come out and warned about uh, international shipping costs on the rise and it really shows how uh, inflation and supply chain bottlenecks are taking a toll on business globally. So what you're basically saying is because it's going to cost more to ship around the countries and stuff like that, uh, things like Ingham's Chicken, which obviously ships food and stuff like that, they're going to ha have to pay more shipping costs. Is that what's going to impact that? And stuff? Yeah, which uh, breaks their supply chain. It disrupts their supply yeah. chain, therefore. I think I've been talking about this for a while now. You've just got to be very careful because any business can be impacted. Every business's supply chain is different, of course, uh, but you do have to be wary. Nick Scarly, even though they're doing, uh, you know, they're on all-time highs right now and doing so well, they've also warned that you know supply chain worries are part of their business, and any inflationary consumer goods, which usually get pretty hard as well, you know, can be hit. And that's exactly what happened with Domino's and Ingham's. I think I'm going to touch on just one more sector because we are running short of time. But this is a sector that has been exceptionally hot and I'm going to lump it in together. Now, a lot of people talk about lithium mm -hmm. as being something that could do quite well. But we are seeing this emerging of these rare earths. So rare earth miners like Linus Corporation, ASM, 
that are doing a lot of uh, a lot of I suppose movements in that rare earth space uh, to go in there to the electric batteries as well. Now, everyone here, give yourself a pat on the back, yourself excluded. Who, everyone here that was here um, a couple of months ago when we mentioned Oracobra Galaxy. Galaxy, which is now merged with... And, uh, and uh, was it the Pilbara? Yeah, Pilbara. Pilbara. And, I mean, those have just flown. And, I mean, flown. Some of those are up. Uh, I know Liontown Resources is another one. that's up 400% for the year. This lithium story is just getting very, very hot. Do you think it's got more room to run in that space? or Well, I... As I said, we, we said, discussed this last week. You've just got to be selective and know wh- when the right time to get out with. Because everything that goes up does come down, but you know you could be waiting for that a long time and not being long. I will postulate to everyone here that I think there could potentially be a switch out of the rare lithium players, so just the lithium miners, over to this rare earth sort of space I was about as to well. Follow with the exact same thing. We, as you mentioned, <laughs> ASM and LYC um, have really Sura resources, exactly for right. instance. They followed these, you know, yeah. lithium stocks higher. Um, but as people know, they always want to go to the next best thing. And um, rare earth minerals, it's in the name, they're quite rare. <laughs> yeah. And um, they do go into a lot of very important things, not just batteries, which is lithium is very battery intensive. Uh, the rare earth minerals. They even go to things like hand creams, face creams and makeup. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You didn't know that, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, well, look, uh, as, as you said, um, and as we've been banging on about, those are both sectors to be very wary out. Keep an eye on. Uh, and, you know, for the next few weeks, well, I think they're pretty long. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Now, do you have a stock that you've been watching for a while? Is it time to buy, sell, or maybe even average in? Why not send in a message and we can ask our panel? In the meantime, let's take a short break. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that bell. I'm going to be back with your final section of the show. the highest returns in the stock market on a consistent basis? Obsessed with this idea. Michael Kadari forms COSEC, Kadari Securities. He seeks, in his own words, a revolutionary investment strategy based on better information and knowledge. Wealth begins with better knowledge, becomes his motto. He seeks to identify and accurately pick the next top performing stocks on the ASX. He seeks for consistency. Michael Kadari creates a unique stock market filtering system he names Lotus Bloom, named after a flower that blooms just once. Because in investing, timing is everything. See how accurate Cosex stock picks are. Get a free seven-day access to Lotus Blue today. If you want the Cosec Investment Edge, you know what you have to do. Call Cosec now or visit cosec.com.au and take advantage of the insights he reserves for his clients. Trust is key to any relationship. Fortunately, it's nothing that can be bought. It's earned. As an investor working with an organisation, they need to demonstrate integrity. They must show consistency. Full transparency accountability. They must be genuine in their approach. 
their core values must align with yours. They need to put your interest first. If you are considering investing, work with an organisation that earns and nurtures trust. Work with an organisation you believe in. Work with an organisation that treats you the same way they like to be treated. Join an organisation that views clients as people, not people as clients. If you are considering investing, consider Kosek Kadari Securities. kids, we were active. We were creative. We questioned all things. We celebrated everything. We took risks. We had no limits. We had dreams. Our imagination helped us solve problems and create new possibilities. Albert Einstein once said, Imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. We are in an ever-changing world filled with fear and uncertainty. Don't let that change the inner child within. As Walt Disney said, Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Hosek is here to help build your dreams and create possibilities. Secure your success with Hosek Kadari Securities. Welcome back. The moment we've all been waiting for, the final section of the Kosek Show. So this is what investors are really looking for. We know what oil, gold, and the dollar has done. We know what the top performers for the week were. Now, let's find out what our panel is looking at for the week to come. And we are going to start off with Mr. Mr. Louis Mossman himself. What are you looking at this week, and why do you like it so much for the week to come? Yeah, thank you very much. I'm usually last in the order, so I'm oh, first switch this it week. Switch it around. Thank you for that. So we've gone from Caroline to him. Like we can switch things. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. So we are this week, as we mentioned, healthcare was a top of honor. One person, one company that did find a lot of support and do relatively well this week is Resmed. Uh, ticket code RMD. Now, what do they do? They're in sleep apnea, snoring, insomnia, all of these devices that help respiratory illnesses and problems. Now. Earlier in the week, they actually had uh, their results released and a general meeting. Their first quarter, quarter results beat expectations, which is the first thing to note. Always a big positive. The second thing we we're talking about earlier was supply chains. Now, uh, ResMed had come out and said that their supply chain management has been quite exceptional, really. Mm -hmm. um, so their inventories are 10% higher, uh, and they've ticked off all the contingencies for making sure that they don't get crunched um, when people start going back to the doctor as we reopen and, you know, start getting prescribed all of these, you know, sleep apnea, insomnia, and all of these products. So if we look at their fundamentals, I mean, this company for a long time has been a, a market oh, This is This is has one been. of those ones. I mean, if you wanted to look at uh, the most beautiful upward trending chart you've ever seen, like just solidly 45-degree exactly. angle just goes and goes and goes. Exactly right. So for fifth, uh, so over 10 years, the company's had a return on equity greater than 15%. Now, call that a track record. That's a track record. Um, and they've also, you know, they beat expectations the last time. Reopening for COVID is going to benefit them. Uh, and they also reported double-digit um, product growth. They're quite duopolistic, aren't they? So they do have mm -hmm. Resmed, the competitors, Fisher & Paykel, and then they've also got another one. Is it Panasonic, I believe, or some other... Uh, Tech company or a company that does it as yeah, well. Yeah, a lot of the time with these very large healthcare players, they do have that somewhat of a monopoly uh, on the market. It's just how far they um, spread themselves. Yeah, of course, so, yeah. ResMed, one of the benefits they're exposed to the large US market, that's actually where they get the majority of their revenues. Mm -hmm. um, but if we go to the broker calls, I mean, 
Yes, they're elevated on their share price, but brokers still think they can go higher, much like myself. Um, they're still 14% to their all-time highs. We've got uh, Morgan's have put a 14% price target on it. Uh, we've got City with seven, Credits is with 20, uh, and Macquarie with six as well. So the gap to close uh, isn't too far away, but I think they can do it. And if we do bring up a chart, we'll be able to see that technically um, they found a pretty good strong level of support after coming down from all-time highs. That big Red candlestick coming up is on the results that I mentioned, uh, but they've come down, found the same level of support and only 14% back to the highest. So Red's made my call for this week, uh, and that's why I like it. Very good. I like that indeed. No pun on that one, unfortunately. I couldn't think one up. Dr. Adam Sitakovsky, you're looking particularly big. Some would even say a little bit jumbo size today. <laughs> what are you uh, looking at for the week to come? You very much so, yeah. So actually, it was Jumbo Interactive. Oh, funny that. <laughs> How can you... So, um, yeah, so there are a number of reasons I really like the company. But just first briefly, that is a consumer service industry and they are doing reselling of lottery games and tickets. So one of the things they are perhaps famous for is uh, ozlotteries.com and that is a website that is one of the top Australian websites for, for s selling lottery services. So in terms of macro, so pe we, we, see, we are seeing a trend that people are more willing to spend money on lottery, uh, generally speaking. And also that is very much reflected by in, if you look at their financial. So revenue, they are growing and growing and growing all the time. And even uh, and the earnings are also very positive. There was a little bit of a, during the lockdown, there was a little bit of a small um, correction, but still coming strong again. S they had actually very strong re res results for 2021. The market had even higher expectations. So there was, um, actually, if you look, uh, let's have a look at a quick look at the chart. So uh, if you look at uh, the reporting season, so there was a little bit of a downtrend. But since then, we have really seen that, again, showing again how stab stably this company is working and that it has been reflecting in the share price after the reporting earnings. It has been steadily increasing and increasing and increasing. And technically speaking, when you look at this week, we had a very uh, bullish uh, candle just uh, today. It's a very, very strong candle. So we are Beating the top chain very strong above them, uh, crossing the mid chain obviously, and a very strong signal. We have positive MACD and uh, strong momentum, above 200 uh, moving average. So, so very, very positive t you know, technical terms. If uh, also turning back to other things like broker calls are very positive. So Morgan Stanley, the most recent one, very positive uh, pro um, prospects for the company. So overall, there are so many good, good positive signs for this company. So I think this is the best one for the week. Conclusion, it's not a lottery buying jumbo. Would that be safe? <laughs> Very much so. General advice doesn't take into account personal circumstances. Let's move over to the Mr. Slick himself, Mr. Dennis Sehnovic. Why don't you uh, give us a bit of an update on what you're looking at this week and why you like it so much for the week to come? Absolutely. So my pick for today is ProMedicus Limited, yep. ticker code PME. Uh, and they're in the healthcare sector, more specifically in the medical imagery. So uh, they have operations domestically and also in the US. Uh, and recently they signed a seven-year deal worth $40 million with Intermountain West, which is one of the largest healthcare uh, providers in the US, uh, which brings an additional $5.7 million worth of revenue, uh, on annual revenue. And the reason why I like them is they have strong fundamentals, including growing earnings, uh, revenues, also growing return on equity, and also very manageable debt, which is important. And as we can see on the chart, uh, technically very strong Upward trend with bullish green candlesticks in recent days, including a spinning top, which has initiated their price appreciation. It's hit that top donchian and built upward uh, momentum in the short and medium term uh, with a positive stochastic and MACD and also very uh, upward trending moving averages. So that's why I like ProMedicus today. Very good. Your first time on the show and you're already acting like a pro. Get it? Pro, pro Medicus. Very good. I think uh, Pro Medicus, another sort of a market darling, guys. Uh, let's unpack that a little bit. I think that's one that I remember buying when it was in its low teens. Yeah. So that was uh, quite a few years ago now but um, for clients. But uh, it is very much beneficial from this rebalancing re of the health sector or re resurgence of the health sector. That yeah, well, it, it really combines two things that are important to not only people today but always is tech and health, right? And they pair them together to provide a product and service that's only going to be demanded more in the future. So they're really playing to the strengths of what's happening macroeconomically and they're a good business. And uh, the deals mm. that they sign, yes, they some people accuse them mm. of being maybe small and insignificant, but it's the volume of which they do that, right? There's always a new university, there's always a new hospital, there's always someone that is signing up to this new imagery software and that's only a good thing. More people want it, it means it performs well 
and uh, you know it's going to continue to do so for the future. So, uh, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Uh, Dennis, I do like PME as well. Very Thank good. You. So we had ResMed from yourself, Mr. Mossman. We had Jumbo Interactive from the Jumbo-sized Adam Shedokoski. <laughs> and from the pro himself, we had Pro Medicus. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in this week. On behalf of everyone here at the show, we want to wish our clients, friends and colleagues a safe and happy weekend. We look forward to seeing you next week. My name has been Will Brownlee, and this has been The Cossack Show.